Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time is here. That's right, we're talking about Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker on Kill by Kill. Salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from a place in Arizona. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. And we're going to unpack all the goriest of details of Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, a.k.a. Night Warning, in the hopes that, uh, you know, a police officer's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person I trust that if I make some tomato pickles, she will say, mm, they were good. The one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good. I, I, I brought you a glass of milk. Oh, milk. I can't resist. Now, is it in a glass or a carton? It's in a glass. Okay. Like, like, oh. like, like civilized people. Oh, it looks delicious. Hold on. Oh. Well, so anyway, uh, we have a special guest tonight. Um, <laughs> Did you drug me? I don't know what you're talking about. Did you drug me to get out of that college scholarship to the University of Denver for basketball? <laughs> <laughs> the most convoluted fucking way possible. Did you do it, Gina? I, I may or may not have. Who can say? I'm going to check your basement for a decapitated body. Anyways, um, before I don't want to I don't want to shock you here, Gina, but we are not alone. That's right. We have a very special guest. Of course, you know her as one of the hosts of the Let's Get Weirding, a Dune podcast. And of course, she is a returning champion here to kill by kill the one, the only Megan Sunday. How are you doing today, Megan? I am doing great. I brought some sports magazines. Ooh, sports magazines. Excellent. Can I check them out? You can. All right. Let's leaf through <laughs> How many of these bits are we going to do? <laughs> so uh, you're really, you're really like working the scenery here. That's that's that's, that's new movie bits. New approach for you. We're we're just doing some play acting here. This is well, kill by kill playhouse. Listen, this I gotta is make that listed Harold on Wikipedia as based on Oedipus the King by Sophocles. <laughs> is it now? <laughs> I don't think incest <laughs> makes it based on Oedipus. <laughs> Yeah, I would. Uh, is there a homophobic cop in Oedipus? Is that <laughs> yes. it's been a while since I've seen it? Are there, are there you know, a lot of pickled vegetables in, in, in Oedipus Rex? A lot of weird addicts, a lot of, a lot of drugged milk, a lot of uh conversations about. Well, if you're not gay, how come we're not having more sex? And the answer is because my crazy aunt lives here and when we go to your place it's full of angry dogs that's that doesn't get me off lady <laughs> that's a fun, that, i know those are the buzzkill honestly we can't fuck in the back of a moped that doesn't work <laughs> uh oh boy for people who haven't seen this movie they're just gonna be lost in the woods um here's a quick content warning for those who have not seen butcher baker and are going to uh, you know, pause here and maybe um, watch the movie and come back. Uh, here's some content warnings for you. Uh, a lot of incest. 
yeah. happening. Well, well, let, let's let's be honest. It's implied. <laughs> it's well, not actually. There is an open mouthed kiss at one point uh, mm. between mother and son. I mean, well, okay. yeah, they don't go all the way. There's some. There's some. Uh, Disturbing waking up in the morning. Of. <laughs> oh no! Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I and mean, a lot of isn't. a lot of slurs and a lot and a lot of homophobic slurs. Um, and uh, I'm not. Oh, yeah. So just be warned. Like this is a is a rough watch for that, but it's also so crazy, insane, bonkers that I do think it is worth a watch if you have not seen it. Yeah, it, it's uh, like somebody saw a John Waters movie <laughs> and thought, what if I made this into a slasher movie and not funny? <laughs> well, yeah. I find it hilarious in parts. Um, the, not intentionally funny. <laughs> Susan Tyrell is acting, I wouldn't say in another movie. I think we are seeing a window into a different dimension. And... <laughs> The camera is just capturing her, you know, caught between two planes of reality. The the between the eyebrows and the mumbling to herself and the and the haircut, it, and it's the a it's a faces, lot. the kill faces she makes yeah. are are <laughs> I, I just love them so much. <laughs> she is giving a performance for sure. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I first saw this at the new Beverly with like, uh, a almost full audience. It was almost no one in there had seen it and boy, were we surprised. Uh, Gina, this was the first time viewing for you, correct? Yeah. And I sat and watched it while catching up on animal crossing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm going to visit the, 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 the island coffee shop and collecting my cookie recipes while, uh, <laughs> while Susan Terrell is running around her house screaming and killing people with machetes. <laughs> it was a very, very jarring experience. And yet also I feel like that nicely illustrates the duality of my personality. <laughs> yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Get you someone who can do both. Uh, murder people with a machete and play Animal Crossing. Uh, Megan, I have the feeling that this it was th- that you know much more about Butcher Baker than either Gina and I. Not really. I had seen it once before I rewatched it for this, and it was one of those where I wasn't even sure that was the movie I'd seen until I started rewatching it. And I'm like, nope, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> the pieces this are starting to come indelible. together. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's. You know, it, it's as Patrick pointed out, it's has two titles, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Baker, and Night Warning. And neither of those titles have anything to do with no. what happens in no. the movie. No, it they're both of them are terrible titles. Neither of them help. I don't know what you would title this other than come see Susan Tyrell off the chain. <laughs> that, yeah, there's no good title. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess Mama's Boy is too obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the the tagline is a haunting rhyme for bedtime, which is again not anything to do with the movie. No, no. At all. The haunt the the most haunting thing at bedtime is waking up to Aww. Susan Tyrell in a nightshirt, just kind of like leaning into you way too much, which and purring and lightly oh. scratching your back. Oh, that was the worst part. I feel like if she'd been kissing him, it would have been less creepy than the scratching. Something about like, that like, was just too much. My brain knows that Susan Tyrell and this and Christy McNichols' brother, I'm assuming, 
uh, are not related. But seeing it sure does make my body react like they are. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, the, I yeah. got the heebs and the jeebs just. And, yeah. And yes, he is Christy McNichol's brother. I, they have a similar face. Yeah. And in this movie, a similar haircut. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> like so, Someone decided the McNichol look was wavy triangle and they stuck with it, baby. Might be the dorkiest hero in, in, in any movie we've covered other than mm. Craig Wasson. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, he developed into a Wasson. Yeah, he is the wobbliest hero that has ever toddled through a motion picture he, of he, ours. He gets a butt shot and I just felt sorry for him. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of meat on the bone. We don't need to body shame him. He's very trim. It was, you know. That, not exactly this. Not exactly what you think of with, you know, basketball superstar. <laughs> no, no, that is for sure. We also don't see a lot of quote unquote basketball superstar out of him. I mean, he can do an okay layup. Uh, and when he's <laughs> drugged and does poorly, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he would have received that scholarship to, to the university of denver either way but um having your your aunt mom cradle you in the middle of the court because she poisoned your milk um <laughs> really probably didn't help and yet he went on trial was acquitted and still went to college yeah <laughs> good for him good for him i guess <laughs> All of her plans are so convoluted. Like the way that she kills his supposed parents is the most elaborate death sequence I've ever seen anyone, I guess, plot. Yeah, with, with apparently like like slow acting cut breaks, which I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. <laughs> but when that log goes through a dude's head, oh. like that's for real, for real. That that was terrifying. Fantastic. Like, that will put you on your heels. No one is expecting to see a pole through a dude's head at the beginning of this movie. And then and then the car just you know, tunes itself off, off the side of the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very slow. It's kind of like the truck slows down and then speeds up once it realizes that they've put a log through someone's yeah, head. Oh, got to get out and of here. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get involved in this. And then neither of them have been wearing seatbelts. That's the other thing. And then they kind of backslide. I mean, I don't know if seatbelts were available when this happens because <laughs> it's 14 years before 1982. And then they go, she goes off the side of the cliff. It cranks into the ground. A photograph travels down a stream. And then you think, okay, all right, that was crazy. Then it fucking blows up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because, of course, they're also looking at pictures of their child, which is what you do when you're in the car yeah. away from your child. Because they need to they need to establish that these these are this child's parents, even though we've seen them leave and them being like, say bye to mom and dad. Yeah. And, and like, OK, we see that we child it. who is because apoplectic they're, that because they're, they're visiting grandma and grandpa without the baby. OK, sure. Uh, yeah. Seems weird. Yeah. Well, given um, the elaborate i guess cover-up of who this baby's parents is maybe the grandparents don't even know he exists yeah. like we can't maybe show up with a baby for the best. what i really <laughs> love is that uh I, i'm trying i spent much of this movie trying to figure out how old susan terrell's character is supposed to be 
uh, because her her very nosy neighbor at one point talked about trying to set her up on a date with someone. Yeah. And says, oh, well, he's 35. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, is are we trying to apply that she is also 35? <laughs> that That is not. Uh, an age range that she is involved because in because that would that would make her 21 at the beginning <laughs> of this movie. Ooh, that's a reach. <laughs> I mean, the only 20 only one only person that young that I've seen that kind of eyebrow on told Dr. Phil to catch me outside. So it's not very often you see that heavily eyebrow penciled a 21 year old. Although to be fair, and Gina has seen the photographic evidence of this. When I was 18, I looked 35. <laughs> well, yeah, like I mean, that's that. the thing. Like Susan oh. Terrell herself was not even, uh, she was about 40 when she did this. Yeah. But she was pretty rough looking 40. Um, they, they have not done her any favors. No. I've never seen no, well, someone just, with less makeup on in a movie. They're the, yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, but yeah, she still comes off this sort of weird baby Jane kind of character where, where <laughs> her facial yeah. expressions are like super exaggerated and, and you know, she's, she's all she's missing is like, you know, a, you know, a curly hair wig. There, we have yeah. not done a ton of hag exploitation on the show and this might be the start of it because if we're getting, <laughs> if I can find some more that have Susan Tyrell level performances, I'm in. Yeah. It, I think it doesn't help that she's also trying so hard to be young and sexy and fun that even though she's not old, it's just not, it's not helping. Right. No, it's like, it, it's like your aunt who's like dancing to pony at a wedding. <laughs> and this is information my brain did not need. Um, well, oh, thank no, you. I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's definitely um, a song that I have seen used in a TikTok, and there were comments saying, oh, this is a good song. What is it? <laughs> like, oh. oh, no. <laughs> well, you know, listen, time marches on for us all. It, it does. It does. We can't all be young basketball superstars. Speaking of Billy Jr., he seems to be one of those guys who doesn't have a personality of his own. So he inserted a basketball where a personality would normally reside. Yeah, he's a little whiny. Um, he seems confused most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, no, almost all of the time, Billy seems confused. Billy seems confused doing layups. That's like he, when he walks down a, phone, a, a hallway and he gets photographed by surprise, his surprise is, uh, uh. <laughs> the, you can see the eyes register the thought and then it travels through Goofy's brain to Billy's and then he reacts. When he falls down the stairs. <laughs> oh my like, god! Do 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 boop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all he's really. I mean, I, he all he needed was like to get up and have like that, like you know, accordion noise. <laughs> Fine. It's like <laughs> if Billy had been replaced entirely by an animated Goofy, I think the movie would have had more sexiness to it. If I'm being honest. <laughs> I'm also we now- see a lot of topless Jimmy McNichol for one movie. I'm looking yeah, at the his, cover. His hairless, his hairless bird chest. <laughs> I'm looking at the cover for the this under the night warning title, and it is 
for some other movie entirely. Like, I don't know what they think. There's like spooky eyes in the background. Yeah. No, the, the, the trailer for, uh, for night warning is like, they investigated. They shouldn't have looked like, like, are we talking about Billy? Like he's an investigator. Like he's in the attic and fell down. (laughs) Like, I don't remember the Hardy boys constantly falling into clues, but he does. (sighs) So good on you. I mean, they kind of did. Well, that might have been more the three investigators. <laughs> um, also in this movie is Newhart's Julie Duffy um, making her screen debut as Julie, a human woman who enjoys taking pictures of Jimmy McNichol topless. So <laughs> she's got that going for her. Well, you know, everybody has a type. Yeah. <laughs> and the one time she manages to kind of get laid. Yeah. It gets real weird. <laughs> I mean, she kind of wants a drink afterwards, so I, at least the loving made her parched. Like, it's got to be <laughs> something, right? I, I I'm sure it's not orgasm good, but, you know, uh, we had a fun time. I, sorry, the loving made her parched. That's a, that's a <laughs> phrase that was just said. <laughs> well, I'm a writer. You know, they just, <laughs> genius just comes to me, Megan. It's a Gordon Lightfoot song. You <laughs> <laughs> forgot to mention uh, there's a, a rising star inexplicably in this movie. Oh, yes, uh, that's for right. About four minutes. Uh, <laughs> one William Paxton, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Billy Paxton. Cast completely out of character as a bully. <laughs> well, I would say that Paxton at this mode of his, at this part of his career, kind of had two modes, right? He was either a hopeless weirdo or a deranged punk. And here mm-hmm. he leans into deranged punk. This is true. Yeah. Where does um, fish heads fall into it? I, I think that is hopeless weirdo. I was okay. just okay. about to mention fish heads. So thank you for. <laughs> wavelength. Wavelength. <laughs> no, no, no. People need to know that at one point, Bill Panks was a part of a musical group who had a song called Fish Heads. And it was his creation of certain parts of that music video that actually made him uh, end up meeting James Cameron. So if he hadn't have done fish heads, if he hadn't have done that video, he might not have been in aliens. So like Terminator with a tire tread across his face. (laughs) (laughs) Love that makeup. Love that punk rock makeup. Listen, that's how punks hung out at the, uh, at the, (laughs) I know that because I used to watch a lot of The Equalizer as a child, and there were nothing but punks on The Equalizer. But those were New York punks. These That's were true. very specifically LA punks. Oh, and of is course, Dina and I know that better because we watched the Quincy episode mm. about LA punks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And- bear in mind that I only get all this by osmosis when Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker came out. I was six months old. <laughs> Well, neither Gina and I saw it upon its initial release or on home video. So well, that's true for once, for once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all in the same boat when it comes to night warning. <laughs> so uh, also introduced here is coach Tom, who has an interesting coaching philosophy, which is to overly play, uh, overly placate uh, a McNichol kid <laughs> and, and ignore almost everyone else. 
Yeah, yeah he, he's he's a star. He's he's the one mm-hmm. that, the, that the the recruiter's coming for. So fuck everybody else. Yeah, yeah. It's really uh, not I, out of nowhere when later on people are sort of making assumptions about their relationship. It's like because you, you kind of do spend a lot of attention just on this one guy. Yeah, I like, mean, I don't agree with Eddie's attitude. They're not just saying it it's like, oh, you talked to him once. He also and that, spends you know, an inordinate like, amount nope, of time praising his basketball prowess, which is. Okay, yeah. at best. Yeah, this is uh, one of those movies where I, I feel like the audience really has to be told several times that a lot of people are attracted to this character. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think about I, I, I want to say it was uh, Nathan Rabin who uh, talked about how in, in the movie The Room, um, because uh, they cast a rather not unattractive, but pretty regular looking actress to play Lisa, mm-hmm. um, that the, uh, the much of the dialogue about her had to be someone mentioning how hot she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which right. which is not something that people do in real life often, is, is just casually drop how attractive their certain friend is or yeah. you know, someone's partner yeah. is. But here you've got at least... Two different people, possibly the coach as well, although he he's like one of the only truly decent people in the movie. Yeah, yeah. no, he's a fucking saint. Coach Tom is a saint. But um, but you know, certainly that you know, everybody has this, you know, scorching attraction to 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 <laughs> this you know celery stick of a teenage boy. To a man named I, Billy, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, of course, you would say that. I would. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I was, the thing that I picked up this time during practice, two things. One, when Bill Paxton says that's a foul, he's right. Because (laughs) fucking Nichols, like, totally slaps his goddamn hand. He's not hitting the ball. He's hitting his hand. And the coach is like, get over it. You suck at dribbling. And then later, (laughs) the coach shouts, Hey, watch your back door. And I'm like, oh, mm, starting early with this part. Okay. Into it. <laughs> I, it basketball is, is such an odd sport to choose for movies a lot of the time because I feel like it is easier to pretend that you're good at something like baseball. Right. Where you have a particular skill. Yeah. You just stand right. by a base. Right. And you're like, this is what I do. I'm a second baseman. Like, this is what I'm doing. But yeah. in basketball, oh. you're constantly in motion and you have to pretend like you know what you're doing in yes. motion. You have and- to be way more coordinated than like stand by first base and make a single catch or be a pitcher where they replace you from behind so it looks like you can throw real fast. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, as you said earlier, like there's he's rarely shown actually playing basketball. Again, this is this is something it's oh he's gonna be a big basketball star. He's gonna get a full ride to the University of Denver. Is the <laughs> University of Denver known for its basketball? Uh no. Oh not, man, not I mean I mean Julia's girlfriend, she's like, I can't believe it. A University of Denver scout here at my school. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they just troll alleyways for hobos I and mean, pick them you, up in the middle of the night. Do you go to school in Amish country? Is this something <laughs> unusual? We don't know where the fuck they go to school. Mm-mm. Um, I don't know where half of this takes place. Supposedly it's 
it's kind of Arizona-ish, but it must be close enough to Colorado for that to matter, right? I thought it was California, but... It looks like California because there's a shit ton of palm trees. Yeah, I assume they just were setting it there as well. Well, at the beginning beginning of the movie, um, I think there was like some kind of uh, newscast that gave the weather report and it it definitely mentioned like cities in Arizona. So... Oh, okay. And then when when uh, they decide to uh, have the lovin', um, it's because Cheryl has gone off to uh, a t- another town in Arizona, and they call it out by name. I just Sedona. They mentioned Sedona. Yeah. Sedona. Mm, with his, okay. With with her with her neighbors. She got to buy some the, crystals. <laughs> of course, I, I do. I do love the neighbors, uh, Margie and her husband. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. Uh, apparently, apparently, Cheryl is very into uh, canning vegetables mm-hmm. <laughs> and and eggs. Like she's running a, like she's running an old Irish pub. Um, <laughs> and at one point, um, she invites them to dinner, and and Marty says to her husband, "You know, it, it, at least you." Know, at least you at least tell her you, you like the pickled tomatoes. I was like, I hated the pickled tomatoes. I'm like, how do you screw up pickled tomatoes? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but she, but that's the, here's the thing. Maybe she's distracted by muttering to the dead body she has in her basement. True. True. Okay. That, that was where I thought, okay, <laughs> this has gotten a little, this has been wacky up until this point, but now suddenly there's like, an altar to a dead person in the basement. Like this is this kind of movie now. Yeah. That's usually two different kinds of movies. I think this is five different kinds of movies all wrapped up and together. Um, Do you have your, do you have your, do you have your, uh, your, uh, your serial killer whiteboard to try to explain this plan that Cheryl has to, to stop Billy from getting his scholarship taking his scholarship um, yeah it's full of red string and now all of it's just red string yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's you know kill tv repairman question question mark question mark question mark and then profit mm-hmm. <laughs> i do like that she when when billy comes home and says oh this this the scout is coming and she goes come on billy college is for rich kids and people's and people with brains yeah. and while harsh, like she has a fucking point. She doesn't love him for his brains. No, no, she loves him for that beautiful body. <laughs> Just gotta get that near beautiful it. Beautiful peeled banana of a body. <laughs> Whip it Ooh, thin. You know, you know when you you know when you see uh chicken breasts in a supermarket and you think, mm, if I got those in bed, you know? That's that's McNichol in this. It is uh I, again, well, I don't want to body shape shame the guy. No, he looks know. like he looks like he's 16 years old. I mean, that, right. he and he plays young. basketball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks yeah. like a teenage boy. And and you know, teenage boys aren't particularly known for being you know, ripped beyond ripped beyond reason. Yes. Matter what the CW would have you believe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, considering how often I've worked over for the CW over the years, perhaps my idea of what teenagers are is slightly warped. <laughs> like they're all six um, two and extremely ripped, right? Uh, That's all of them. But I mean, like even for, shredded even for like lettuce, even for teenage boy standards, he's pretty average looking. So I'm not, yeah. again, I'm not sure why 
you know, the film goes out of its way to emphasize that you know, there's so many people attracted to him. Yeah, yeah, you could just have, I mean, obviously you're going to have the weird relationship with the, you know, his aunt mom. And then he can have a girlfriend. That's fine. It doesn't have to be yes. every person he interacts with, except for that cop who is just hates everyone. Oh my God. Uh, and thinks everyone I is think gay. I think Bill Svensson kind of has a thing for him too. <sighs> Maybe that's why yeah, he's I mean, so there's angry. There's definitely a lot of that, you know, projection and anger thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I can only, that's, that's the only way I can explain this. Well, he's furious <laughs> that gay men in a relationship had rings. Yeah, he's really against it all. He's I mean, like, oh, look at this, to- this etching yeah. in this ring. And he's, you know, poor Coach, Coach Tom is like, yeah, I know. Because we were yeah, in a relationship. I, we like, were sleeping together for a really long time. And we, we were partners, like, you know, and he's just like, yeah. oh, even exchanged <laughs> rings, huh? Like, yeah, that's what people do. Yeah, they like, were oh, boy. in a fucking relationship. It's 1981, it's- not 1881. <laughs> Yeah, they hit it because not everyone was cool with the yeah. town basketball coach and TV repairman, like, doing it proper. So, you know, like, D- Detective Carlson, you know, he, he went to go see Patton. He accidentally sat in on a screen of bruising. And, he, <laughs> and, and, and he's never been the same since. He just mutters at his dog, deviants, deviants, you know what those are. Yeah, I, and it's, I, like, I still don't... it's like Al Pacino at the end of cruising. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I need to look deeply and meaningfully into, a, into a, 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 my own reflection. What could it mean? And, and pump those barbells and recite to myself what all the handkerchiefs mean. Yeah. <laughs> I would never be able to remember. No, it's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot. That monologue is a lot. I've seen I've seen that chart on like Wikipedia, and it's like I can't mm. remember this. Uh, all Thank I God. Uh, all I remember, it, you know, about that whole thing and all speaking in code is Al Pacino describing himself as fun size. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm fun size. <laughs> um, when Cheryl, after like slapping him the night before, comes into her room again for this rude awakening of your aunt mom, just like, mm, here's me in a sheer nightshirt and mm. I'm going to get uncomfortably close. Our hips almost touching. And um, she gives him a card like your hopes and dreams mean nothing to me. Also, I gave you a card. Here you go. <laughs> And she's doing like baby voice, like I just wanted to give you a card because I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. I said you can't go to college, dum dum. Sorry, I said <laughs> you're you stupid. Were a, you were a moron who's never going to accomplish anything except rubbing the corns out of my feet. I'm sorry, I implied your mom was sleeping with someone named Craig. <laughs> The ultimate burn. I like um, how he does it. Like, that was another thing. Like, he finds this picture and mm-hmm. she's like, he's, it says like Craig on the back. Cause they always have names on them when people find pictures sure, in movies. The person who's, who had a baby with this person would need to write the name on the back. <laughs> Craig, and otherwise, remember. Right. And she, is there a reason she doesn't just say, oh, he's an ex of mine? She has to immediately be like, oh, your mother was also sleeping with Craig. And it's like, well, Either you're going to keep the lie that you're his aunt and just say, oh, uh, Craig was a guy I knew. 
but you yeah. have to say like, oh, the woman you thought was your mother was also kind of maybe a slut. Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, let's consider that her plan to to keep Billy at home and not take the scholarship is to call a team repairman. As you do. <laughs> Um, make a pass with that repairman. Oh my god, what Just, a pass! Um, <laughs> you know, I, I hike, mean, either hike she your does, dress up to mid thigh and like, hey, you want to see what's what's above that? You gotta you gotta get involved. Like this was not subtle. This was like so. Since you're here, sex. <laughs> either have you either, considered your penis in me? Says Cheryl. Either knowing that he's going to reject her. Or, or just assuming that he will, mm. um, when he kind of does, sort of doesn't. I'm not really sure. Um, then she kills him, and then stages it as a rape, and conveniently times it for when Billy comes home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and somehow mm-hmm. this is going to force him to stay. Well, she's so traumatized. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think the best case scenario is, yes, I end up having partial sex with this guy and then claim it is rape. And then, oh, you need to protect me. But she's really thrown off when he I, I what I assume is calls her bluff. I was like, okay, if you're so adamant about this, then please perform fellatio on me and she's like gross he's like well what the fuck are we doing lady (laughs) you either want to do this or don't and she's like well how about you know i get inside of you with a knife yeah i I, i'm still parsing this though yeah I, yeah i don't know why she chooses to do this instead of say please stay i don't want you to go yeah yeah, I, again, she's not a communicator. Like the no, best no. relationship she has is with a dead guy that she <laughs> mutters to. <laughs> Meanwhile, outside, you've got Margie and Frank. And Frank, if you want to know what he's all about, he's the kind of guy who will drop your sorry you were almost raped and then killed a guy cake. <laughs> I hate that. I know. I do like how offended um, she is by the police wanting to ask her anything about this apparent rape. Yeah, like, okay, well, what happened? And she's like, don't happen? talk to me. Like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's like, I don't, that's not really how it works, unfortunately. Yeah, a, um, a man is dead. This is more than just an accusation of rape. Like, there's a dead, stabbed guy in your kitchen, and two of you are covered in blood, and you're both seen holding a knife. And then it doesn't take very long for the police to realize that the man that she murdered and accused of raping her was gay. Yeah. And then they're like, well, this puts a little bit of a problem. I wonder if they kind of know if like she doesn't know because she doesn't go into town. But word has gone gotten around that perhaps the TV repair guy is gay. So when when Sergeant Cook says, do you buy attempted rape? Which mm. again, with witnesses in the other room. Okay. Do you buy attempted rape? And I'm like, at these prices? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible joke. It's horrible. And I apologize right up front. Um, but this is the weird thing that it puts Bo Svensson in because he's an unredeemable asshole. 
in this motion picture. Mm-hmm. What do you think his what do you think his solve rate is? Um I think he places a lot of uh extra guns uh in the hands of people. Uh is my guess. So in other I mean, words, his solve rate is great. Yeah, yeah. his solve rate is great because he's framing framing people left and right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's always got a spare baggie of angel dust to tuck into someone's back pocket, is my guess. Wow, this um, character. My God. Oh my God. But he, he also, he's right about this. It is fishy. Mm-hmm. It's, she was not raped. This this death is highly suspicious. From So from that standpoint, like even the worst cop in the world is like, this seems like bullshit to me. It's just that he has zero ability to actually solve the crime. <laughs> he just wants to pin it on anybody. Yeah, and once he finds out that there are gay people involved, he's like, well, yeah. it's time for me to brush out my dictionary of slurs. Yeah. I, I love to see where he's, like, lecturing his uh, the his uh, police deputies. He's like, he's like, child molestation has gone up 3%. Get these deviants off the streets. <laughs> yeah, what was your percentage before? <laughs> is a pretty low percentage to rise. That makes me feel like the percentage of child molestation is through the roof in this town and he's doing nothing about it. Just, you know, sweeping off the Well, they just gotta get deviants off the street because that's how you solve it. The the, the drag queens (laughs) and the antique store owners. Um, Did you? Well, I feel like this town, they were probably, that was probably the gay couple. You know, that's why everyone knew. The gay couple. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it that part makes sense for the time period. Um did you guys notice that Cheryl is humming Jesus Christ Superstar all the time? No. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now I have is- to pay Andrew Lloyd Webber a million dollars. Yeah, surprisingly they 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 could have definitely gone for a, a Mrs. White kind of angle with her. But mm-hmm. but she's not particularly mm. Jesus-y. No. No. Well, I that they, maybe that was the only song she knew off the cuff. They said you need to hum something. It's like how Malcolm McDowell only knew singing in the rain. Right. <laughs> sure. So that they're just like, sense. uh um, we'll figure it out later. Maybe no one will notice. <laughs> yeah. No one did until just now, um, and now they're going, oh, no, it's out there. Oh, Jesus, we got to recall this. This is on Shudder. We're going to have Nightmare Maker. <laughs> because, of course, Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, one of our biggest fans, he's uh, part of our Patreon. and uh, I bet us. he has every uh, alert, every possible alert. <laughs> alert. I mean, I, I, did, I thought it was odd until I saw him show up in a uh, Jigsaw Has a Posse t-shirt uh, at a public appearance. But, you know, I'm into it. I love all of it. He things. was just at that rave or whatever it was. That's <laughs> true. He was at that rave. Venom was at that rave. Everyone was yeah. at that rave. It's a good rave. It was a great rave. <laughs> um, that cop would not like Venom. That- <laughs> oh, no. Mm-mm. He would not approve of that relationship. No. I don't know what you no, two are doing, was- but I don't like it. <laughs> That's what that movie needs is a, a, a big injection of Bo Svensson. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, rumor gets out, you know, he basically blackmails Coach Tom into 
uh, giving up his position. A word gets out and Eddie decides to sidle up to (laughs) McNichol at lunch. And I do kind of like the way McNichol handles this, which is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dignify any of the, any of this with uh, a yes or a no, I'm not playing your fucking games. I'm going to pour some milk on your head. See how mm. you like that shit. And then they tussle. And at one point, um, McNichol does a Batman 66 off of a park bench. <laughs> his, his arms are up in the air with claws. Like, woo, like fight choreo by Bob Fosse. Like, what? <laughs> Gina sold. Yes. 100%. Yes. I mean, I assume that Bob Fosse constantly smoking was on the set. Like, (laughs) I know how to do fights. I did West Side Story. Uh, You know, you know, him and Susan Terrell were just like having sticky breaks like every 10 minutes or so. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those two bitches were just going back and forth constantly. Um, It... (sighs) At one point, you're kind of like almost on Bosvenson's side because he does smell a rat because Cheryl's lying out of her teeth, but he's also a massive prick. And it's kind of like you the film has two bad guys, like a spare mm. bad guy on the side, <laughs> like pushing the plot forward because Cheryl doesn't want anything to change. So she doesn't want the plot to move forward at all. Mm-hmm. Well, Cheryl, Cheryl, we we see you know murder people, several people on screen, but Carlson, I feel like has has you know you know, has disappeared a a a young man or two off the streets. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. he's holding a guy at gunpoint in his office with his <laughs> door open, like everyone knows what Carlson's doing. It is not uh, it is a, a a not a well kept secret what he's up to. But that being said, drugging your son nephew's milk while humming Jesus Christ Superstar (laughs) is a long way to go to make sure he doesn't get a basketball scholarship. I mean, what were the real chances he was going to the University of Denver? I mean, there's there's just so many. I I, I was just pondering this, the the many easier ways she could have gone about this. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And what if she'd done it wrong? What if she, you know, poisoned him and then he died? Yeah. Like, what if She's that had gone around? She's not. She's not a planner. It'd be like she, that. She oh, what was that? Made, she could have made a call to the school. She. There's just so many things that she could have done that did not have to involve I can't extremely elaborate murder plots. I can't imagine his grades <laughs> yeah, are good. I, yeah, I don't think he's on the, the, uh, the principal's, you know... Uh, nice list or whatever the fuck like there, he's not an intellectual giant pretty much everyone says that including julie she's kind of like mm, you're, <laughs> you're, you're hot like i want to do you all the time but you're a pretty idiot you know you're a fuck boy yeah. i mean he's not even that he's not even no. a pretty idiot He's a perfectly average looking idiot <laughs> look they live in a small when, town she's got to get what she can get yeah no, it's that or Bill Paxton. And Bill Paxton's attitude is just out of control. So I think you mm-hmm. go with McNichol. I, guess. I mean, maybe maybe she loves flamboyant fighters. Maybe that's a big turn on. This is true. Yeah. But now I'm trying to think. What was that short film where the mom poisons her son? I think Ari Oster did it. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name. But, uh, Bonnie Bedelia's in it. Oh, good for her. I haven't seen yeah. Bonnie B in a while. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a long time ago. So I think this is like um, his college film or something. Uh, it's going to drive me nuts. All right, hold on. Bonnie <laughs> you looked Bedelia. That up while yes. we ta- yes. We've already yes. talked about his, his uh, roll down the stairs. But um, very few detectives have ever made discovery by rat fright. <laughs> we're like, oh, rat. And then you discover a clue. That, mm-hmm. that is v- few and far between. That is special. I, I love that fall down the stairs. I'm so, oh my I'm God. so glad you, you brought that up. He just sort of oh. helplessly rolls down the stairs. He just starts rolling down the stairs. I don't even no know re- if it was in no the re- script. Re- no reaction. <laughs> he just sort of it reminds me of uh, in, in a, a Christmas story when he 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 falls down the slide after after uh, Santa Claus puts his foot in his face. Mm-hmm. And he just lands <laughs> at the bottom, just kind of lays there, like, <laughs> yeah, I deserve this. <laughs> this he is just what it tumbles come to. tumbles down the steps. Have either Poor of you man. had to tumble down a flight of steps? I, I have fallen downstairs. Yes. Scr- yeah. Screaming all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, there's a, sh- a shriek. Um, for noises off, I uh, had to fall down the stairs um, for th- uh, three weeks. Um, and it, it, at a certain point, I got it down where I didn't kill myself. But I also went through three shirts every performance because I was just sweating like a fucking maniac. Mm -hmm. And at one point I had sweated so much that I almost slid off the stage. Like my, my head almost went into somebody's lap. Like I was Philip Drebin. (laughs) Um, And then that play was also the thing that made my, uh, made one of my organs fail. And then I failed out of my second community college. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Uh, every time I admit so you almost, something on so the show, I have regretted. <laughs> so you almost literally died on stage. Oh, um, I I started to feel bad in an intermission because it was a two show night, and I was like, "Oh, I really need to eat." And then I ate something. I'm like, "That didn't help at all." And then I went through the, the that night's performance was I was sweating so bad, like I literally skid, I hydroplaned. Almost off the stage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh um, God. So yeah, uh, Sergeant Cook is kind of doing a shadow investigation of this, and I, the guy who plays Sergeant Cook looks very familiar to me. Brett Lee, Britt Lee. Oh, he's been, oh he's been in a ton of stuff. He's like he's definitely like a that guy. He he's one of the dads in um, Weird Science. Yeah. Yeah. That, maybe that's what is coming to me. Um, but yeah, he apparently he was in a silent night, deadly night, um, <laughs> and baby boom. But yeah, weird science is how I know him. Uh, but he's interesting. He he at one point wears one of those Kentucky Fried Chicken ties. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't trust anyone who wears a tie like that. I'm sorry. That's that's <laughs> that's suspect in my mind. Sorry. What if it comes with the blouse? <laughs> well, no. Then it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But on men, it, it often I does not to yeah. see it where it looks good. Like if, if Chalamet showed up someplace with it, I bet you he could make it work. But, Probably. Uh, but Sergeant Cook, not as much. Uh, and basically, he's saying like, I don't. I 
I snuck around to their place last night and saw them having sex. And you're like, wait a second. You saw them having sex. Uh, that's a problem into and of itself. I don't know that it's going to solve everyone else's problem, but okay. And he's like, I, I don't think he's gay because uh, he's having sex with his girlfriend on the regular. And both Benson's like, I don't want you to think this here. I don't, that better be happening on your own time. I have solved this case. Please. Yeah, that the that naturally has yes, often the case in in some forty years later. The concept of bisexuality is is right, exactly. completely foreign to 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 everybody. He's gonna see that Time magazine cover and go, oh, <laughs> that's what he was talking now about. Now I get it. Oh, they right. do exist. Yeah, like unicorns. Um, but it, it's pretty much at this point where things start to to crank because. Uh, you know, Billy is now recovering from this great game uh, drugging and she's constantly, he, he never learns that the, that the milk tastes like, I don't know, laudanum. What is she fucking drugging? That's the thing. That's why with? I was concerned that she was going to go too far with it. Cause who knows how to drug anyone's milk? Who's yeah. handing someone a big glass of milk? Right. Uh <laughs> No one, but while he, this happens while they're kind of investigating, he's like, Cheryl, come to my house and talk to my, to my aunt mom and she'll berate you. She'll slut shame you while I'm looking for clues. And then you find his birth certificate indicating that Cheryl is his actual mother and that Craig is his father. And meanwhile, downstairs, Cheryl's like, Hey, fetch me something from the fridge and clocks Julie right upside the head. With a, with a meat, with a meat tenderizer that she's been, Ooh, yeah. she's been using to just, she's been previously used to angrily tenderize a steak. Mm-hmm. That's all well, anyone does with those. tenderize a steak. You, you have to, it, there's intentionality to it. Did people, <laughs> and I asked this seriously, did people just not need their birth certificates for things until about the year 2000? Because so many movies just have a moment where someone finds their birth certificate as if they've never seen it before. I mean, I, well, if he, I, I, mean, I assume he, she would have de- she would have used it to register for school, but I think he would have needed to get a driver's license. Yeah, yeah. And unless that town is like a oh, if it's a mo if it's a shitty moped, you don't need a driver's license. But I'm pretty sure you would. Need no, you one. need a yeah, you need yeah. like a like a moped license. Yeah, yeah. So again, I'm. I probably until I had like moved needed a a passport. I mm-hmm. don't think I physically touched my mm. my uh my birth certificate. Okay. Like I didn't know where it was. I wouldn't even have known where to look for it. Yeah, I think I needed mine to get into college, maybe. Mm. I don't remember. Mm. That was a long time ago. You don't need one at community college, Megan. Either one. <laughs> They'll just let you in. <laughs> if you pay 50 bucks per class, they'll just allow you in to uh, practice your bullwhip in the middle of the football field. Um, <laughs> so Patrick, stop admitting to things on the show. No, Patrick, keep admitting to things. Huh? Yeah, no, please. <laughs> this is better than the time I talked about watching Butterfly when I was 12. <laughs> wow. How did that go over? I stayed up really late a lot and watched TV when my parents were asleep. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> butterfly. That's that's something. 
Um, but I don't know. Would Butterfly qualify as an erotic thriller? It's more just like an erotic drama. I mean, I think I thought it was an erotic thriller because I was 12. <laughs> it was thrilling to you. You've got a, <laughs> a, a keech letting loose. You've got uh, a Golden Globe winner. Exactly. That's, I know. I, that's got, what I was really thinking about. You've got Orson, <laughs> you got Orson Welles at his sexiest. Oh, God, that's <laughs> just right. taking a paycheck. <laughs> Oh my God. He would not turn one down. Him and Roddy McDowell. They would do whatever you pay them for. Just rolling in from that from that from that hosting not the Nostradamus movie. (laughs) Oh my one of my favorite sequences while uh Jimmy McNichol is drugs is when she when Cheryl comes in with his dead mom's necklace and is like, put this on. Put on your dead mother's necklace. Yeah. <laughs> what is that about? She just doesn't How, know I mean, what she's accomplishing at this point. I feel like even <laughs> Jason Voorhees has more clear ideas of like what he's doing. <laughs> and I'm not even sure that he knows where he is half the time. That's yes, I agree with you. And yet we know he has fitted sheets in his <laughs> dreams. <laughs> like in his dreams, he has a nice bedroom with hooks Aww. on the wall where he can put multiple masks. I mean, that's just, you know, everyone's uh, got right there, Friday the 13th. Everyone's can, got their moment. Gina, <laughs> could we just go back and go back through the Friday the 13th franchise one of these seasons? I, I think I know I, he I steals down, lots of bottled water for, for his we, wife we, in we fan fiction. The first couple, the first couple of movies. <laughs> that's we, that's very sweet of him. Maybe we, I need some we, we were still a little green behind the ears. Wet, green behind the ears, wet behind the ears. Sure. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were amateurs. Now we're professionals. I, I miss those idiots. <laughs> I, I miss them. <laughs> Every once in a while, I just wish we were still doing it. But, you know, you can't go back. Maybe, maybe sometimes you can't go back. Um. I, I have in my notes, why won't anyone tell the truth about Chuck Strang? <laughs> <laughs> this is everyone's lying about Chuck Strang. And then uh, Cheryl cuts her hair. So we're done with the bad wig. Mm-hmm. And now we're onto a different bad wig. Oh, yeah. this uh, It looks wet all the time. After she cuts it, it yeah. looks wet. It's not yeah. great. I don't know what she was going for there. I don't. Is it possible that she had traveled through tr- through time and had seen hackers and was like, "Give me a hackers looking haircut." I think she just is thought it, it was looking good. She's like, "This is it. Now I'm sexy yeah. for my nephew son." <laughs> That's how he likes it. I mean, I've seen no evidence of that because Julie has longer hair, but still, I think this will work. Mm. Um, is Billy's only weakness that he can't say no to milk? Oh, this scene where she's like forcing him to drink the milk. That was the most oh disgusting God. scene in the whole movie. You can't force someone to drink milk of all things. It's yeah. No. Yeah, maybe no. if he maybe if he you know, you know, drank an actual beverage like a nearly prone man and <laughs> and not having like these tall glasses of moon juice like three times yeah. a day, apparently. <laughs> I mean, even if <laughs> even if there will be blood, it's 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 a fake milkshake. It's you know, it's an idea. <laughs> It's not a physical oh. thing happening in front of you. Yeah. But thank God, um, Julie is not dead. We see that she's she wakes up at one point in this murder basement that is cobwebbed like Dracul lives in a <laughs> coffin somewhere. And it turns out that Chuck Strang 
is lying on a cot, sands ahead. But don't worry, uh, Cheryl pickled it. Cheryl pickled Chuck Strang's head. I like that they sort of uh, telegraphed the pickled head in a jar because she's always pickling vegetables. Yeah, no, that this is the same. That is the that I'm into it. <laughs> I'm really like that part. But thank God, someone with half a brain walks into this motion picture. Uh, get ready, everybody, for our new favorite character, Margie. That's right. Margie is a better detective than Billy. Mm-hmm. Margie's, Margie's also one of many characters in this movie that just are perfectly okay just walking into their house. Yes. No, like she does it all the time. She's a busybody. She's always in and out there. And she's never thought it weird what that relationship is like between Cheryl and Billy. Well, I doubt she's now. ever seen the morning routine. <laughs> I think even Margie would have had some problems with that. But I mean, people, Uh, I mean, it depends. Like at my grandparents' house, people would always just walk in. And Mm. it was always a little bit like, oh, here comes someone up the walk and they're in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, all right, that's how we're doing it here. But she's she's better at sneaking around. She can go up and down stairs without falling. Yeah. Is Margie Batman? Of this town, yes. <laughs> so in a Batman Inc. sort of yeah. way, she's this town's Batman. Yeah. Uh, world's greatest she's detective. She's kind of a ninja. She's a great detective. Like, she knows how to distract people. Instead of smoke bombs, I'm going to slam this door and say I'm going out. Do you think they'll ever let Batman um, be a detective again? <laughs> I don't know. They keep threatening it. And then every time you see it, it's just people shooting guns into his armors and him electrocuting guys and, and warriors makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, um, I like how she does the whole, you know, okay, I'm going to go now. And they close the door. She's yeah. In the house. It's like a second away from just doing that thing where you're like walking and you make it, you're walking downstairs. And then yeah. Cheryl doesn't even think to check. And she's the one who's just been murdering people left and right in this house. <laughs> she's like, well, no, how it sounds like Margie left. Caught. Yeah. <laughs> how she has never been Time to make some pickled vegetables. Makes pickled vegetables, mounts a cane on the wall. Who mounts a cane? Yeah, I, I actually left the room in for like a minute and I came back. I was like, wait, did that somehow get lodged into the wall? And I missed it. <laughs> no, she, that is part of the display. Like picture, picture, cane, picture. Like, oh. Okay. I feel um, sometimes the, 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 set designers are just like, I don't know. <laughs> just throw some There's junk a cane. On the yeah. Just it's wow. Look at what they've done in this house. I don't know. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> it's like the basement in Nancy's house in uh, a nightmare on Elm street. They're like, I don't know. Do you have useless junk? Just throw it somewhere. <laughs> Has um, anyone ever been in this basement ever before? No. no. Good. That's how houses work. <laughs> Get some cobwebs. Um, uh, that pouring the milk down McNichols' uh, throat. Uh, I just like the dairy cancel should have banned <laughs> this film before the British censor board ever did. And that's why. Uh, that's why. That's why I feel like um, it, feel, it feels very John Waters to me. Uh, just like uh, Cheryl saying earlier in the movie, it's like asking about the coach and. Uh, and talk about how he's gay. It's like it's like homosexuals are sick, sick people. Mm-hmm. It just sort of like like I, I don't know. Then it just felt very waters to me. 
Yeah, the, yeah, the, I the irony that. that she's a, you 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 staging you know fake rapes and murdering people, but it's the homosexuals who are the real menace. Yeah, if it's we very can, serial, mom. If we can get yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we can get Slumber Party Massacre remade, why can't we get John Waters to remake this movie? Exactly. I'll drive it's to still, Baltimore this, this, and I'll just kicking. Call out the window. This, this should fucking happen, right? Like. Blumhouse, get the rights to this. Get John Waters ten million fucking dollars, and then give him a budget of five, but him specifically ten million, and then he remakes <laughs> this thing. Like it would be huge. It would be gigantic. Like you could put that anywhere and it would draw an audience. Yeah, you put your put your six or seven production company cards in front of it, Blumhouse. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Gene, you're so angry about production. Oh my god! <laughs> you just want they all you act just want like, someone. Oh, thank goodness this production company is involved in this shit, and no one thinks that she doesn't want everyone doing their fancy logo. She just wants like that NXX video to just like we're just throwing cards. It's Bob exactly. Dylan. We're just throwing them. <laughs> I like Here's how I'm asking dentist. that out in my spare room right now. You can't see me. <laughs> um, but I was still doing it. So um, there's that. But uh, now that Julie is on the loose, we get serious Friday the 13th downpour vibes as we hear a lot of lightning and very little rainfall. And uh, she's on the loose. Um, <laughs> and uh, she wanders into a barn of doom. Speaking of Friday the 13th, we haven't had a barn of doom in a long time. Yeah, no wonder you're no wonder you're uh you're so uh, nostalgic of the 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 Friday the 13th days. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of of callbacks to Friday the 13th happening here. Of course, the other callback that is happening is that Margie's hair begins to look like Jackie Rogers Jr. when he filmed uh, the $100,000 jackpot walk. Wow. <laughs> Is that, I was going to say, or is that our deepest cut yet? Or, <laughs> I think or, that might or, be. You do not have Google open before. You sure or, shit or, need it now. I, I, do, I do think I brought up Johnny Nuclea in one in, in another episode. <laughs> so I think we're neck and neck there. <laughs> so finally on the show, we get a dynasty water feature fight between Margie and Julie. Um, Just what the, and- the audience wants to see. Yeah, that's right. Just Julie Duffy and uh, Tyrell wet and wild. <laughs> She's just making these grunting noises while uh. trying to kill her, which is, which is incredible. And so, yeah, and then uh, Cheryl just knocks her out with three blows to the head with the rock, which you would be dead. Mm-hmm. You would be a dead person after that. I mean, yeah. getting, getting, you know, getting clocked in the dome with a meat tenderizer ought to do it, too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, we missed a death. Um, and we missed two deaths. Uh, Margie two? gets it in the gut with the uh, yeah, <laughs> and the uh, a throat slice, and then oh, the, co- the other Cook, the other cop, yeah. Nah. yeah, yeah, he gets a a dehanding and a throat slash as well. Okay, yeah. he I completely forgot that he exists. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, sir. A lot of machete. I this does have a ton of. Friday the 13th vibes to it. Mm-hmm. It just like, I'm very thankful that Friday the 13th doesn't have this level of homophobia constantly interjected into it. People love when middle-aged ladies kill. 
Yes, it's true. I it's mean, it's great. It's and they the have best. a reason. So, yeah. yeah. They've been through it. I'm um, certainly not saying that just to lay any groundwork. Um, exactly. Not at all. No. We're not, we're not no. telegraphing anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the most haunting line in this entire motion picture is I'm your girlfriend now. Oh. Cheryl. Uh, mm. This is like almost no. too much for me. And I used to have a blog where all I talked about was VC Andrews. I was about to say, you've got a lot of <laughs> knowledge on the okay. flowers in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> There's never any way that anyone phrases that that makes me sound any better. <laughs> I would say your obsession with crabs allows you to to move away from the flowers in the in the attic thing. Into he means a the book, everyone. The book. He means the book. Night of the crabs. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't have a, a passion for actual crabs. No. Um, well, I do live in Maryland. That's part of the. Yes. It's true. the law. It, it, if there's any place to do it. Yeah. Um, we do. Was that line from Wedding Crashers? This is Maryland. We do football, two crab cakes football and football. Crab cakes and football. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, great line. I think I haven't watched the movie again in a long time. That's all I remember from it. And I think I'm going to keep it there. It was on a lot of stuff um, for a while. Now we're just back to the flag. No one loves their state yeah. flag. Like Maryland loves their state flag. <laughs> sure. Um, so outside, finally the cops arrive. I guess one of the, one of the phone calls gets through to uh, the sheriff's department. And so they send out a guy, they find Margie's dead body. Here comes Bo Svensson and the beat cop looks at it and his line reading to Bo Svensson is woman's dead, Lieutenant. <laughs> Why the extra pause? <laughs> Did you, you have three lines. You're telling me you forgot one of them. He was just trying. He wanted to be memorable. He's like, here <laughs> it, I go. It happened. Here I go. <laughs> and then for the last seven minutes of this motion picture, if it just if you're going to watch it or watch it again, um, here's a drinking game you should not play. And then is don't drink every time someone says Billy because you will be dead. <laughs> I was yeah, very you, tempted you, you, to just record that entire section and use it to harass my husband. You two will be pickled much like, much like Billy's real father. <laughs> this does kind of become the end of pieces. Yeah. Where it's very dark. We're in a very mm -hmm. weirdly appointed living room. And <laughs> just weird, weird shit is going down. And you don't know who's Too dead. Too many people are involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's weird ungainly cops. <laughs> There's an inexplicably thought hot young man. Yeah. And uh, although we never seen McNichols unit. And we got this to see true. that. that uh, guy's yeah, unit we did. And, yeah. Great. Um. So anyways, there's this Michigas where Coach Tom shows up and he's like, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Billy kills his mom. After a lot of back and forth, he stabs her. At what appears to be the heart, which she takes as a timeout for about 30 seconds and then is back up and at him. Uh, she slashes him a bunch with that same uh, knife opener. And then he sets up a, a fire poker using the floor, pointing Ooh. up at her. Like she's a horse. <laughs> and then she just goes right into it. Oh. She doesn't swerve left. She doesn't go right. She takes a whole fucking fire base, 
uh, fireplace poker right to the gut. That has been an inexplicable fear of mine because I believe that was a death on an episode of Six Feet Under where someone (laughs) fell into a poker. And uh-huh. ever since then, it's just like, I don't know in what situation I ever think that I would, that would happen or one would be pointing up, but mm. as soon as that started to happen, I was like, oh no, not again. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, she just has a very long and drawn out death scene. And she's like, you're never going to find anyone better than me. And oh, then which really, I mean, when you're, you know, when you're departing from the one you love, you know, that's really a, a great final thing to say. He'll never do better than me. <laughs> he just. I'm oof. the best. Also, uh, I'm your mom. So, Peace out. <laughs> um, And so uh, then Coach Tom shows up and he's just like, then nobody's touching anything. Um, why is he even there I honestly like I I feel like they just were like we need someone to show up and we killed all the cops right yeah exactly and you're meant to think that maybe Julie really got offed because she takes a lot of shots to the dump but Bo Svensson walks in is like oh okay I'm arresting maybe both of you Uh, well wait a second Let's not arrest you. Let's just shoot you. Let's solve this problem with bullets. Let's get these degenerates <laughs> off the streets. <laughs> so he slaps Coach Tom with his uh, 45, leaving a pretty nasty gash. And then uh, Coach Tom takes that same fire poker to the hand, the, the, the gun, knocks it on the ground, and McNichol picks it up. And then we just have a long sequence of Bo Svensson going, Come on, come on, come on, come on. You're not, come on, you're not gonna, come on, come on, come on. You're not gonna shoot me, come on. <laughs> and finally, fucking get shot. Good riddance. It t- takes forever. Yeah. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Three times in the gut. <laughs> I think these are all the police in town, though. <laughs> That's very true. They're going to have a lot of uh, uh, flyers up at the Piggly Wiggly asking, uh, <laughs> are you interested in law enforcement? We have positions open. Please, please. This town is riddled with crime. Degenerates <laughs> everywhere. We prefer. Molestation you- is up 3%. We kind of, we need more cops. We prefer if you weren't homophobic, but you know what? If you don't tell us, that's okay too. Yeah, it's okay. Do do you do you know how to stick a gun in someone's mouth? You, do, can you identify a hooker? <laughs> These are skills we need. I guarantee that he just occasionally saw, you know, college co-ed in a tube top and was like, "A streetwalker." <laughs> like it's two in the afternoon. I'm going to class. No. Nope. The town has one thoroughfare. Not everyone in a tube top next to the Arby's is a hooker. (laughs) They're just going for curly fries. How are you going to pay for those curly fries? There it goes. Yeah. um, With money? Dang whammo. Um, So, yeah, Bo takes uh, three shots to the gut. And then in an after credits Chiron, we learn that Billy was put on trial and was acquitted uh, after four hours. I just, why do we need this information? Like it's fast times at Ridgemont High. (laughs) (laughs) 
or like or like dragnet right yeah like thanks wow i had no idea i was really worried god it's like animal house now i know what happened perplexed about cheryl's pickling and then they learned that she was wanted to boink her son and billy got off yeah, I mean, at that point, honestly, even if he had done it, they'd be like, you know what, kid? That upbringing was very bizarre. You, yeah. who knows what you were thinking? Yeah. Plus, like, killed the one cop in town. Everyone wanted to die. So, like, good on you, man. Um, and that's it, man. That is, uh, that is night warning, aka butcher baker, nightmare maker. Yeah, another <laughs> one where where you know either either you know an hour or or three days (laughs) yeah uh so it's time to choose our own death venture that is where we decide of the deaths portrayed in this motion picture if you were forced to die that way which one would you choose and why okay we got telephone pole to the face crash off a cliff into a creek without a seatbelt, and then explode We got stabbed by a woman sexually assaulting you, Uh, decapitated, head preserved in a pickling jar, gut shot with a machete, de-handed and then throat slashed with a machete, stabbed in the chest with a letter opener and fire poker to the gut, or take three shots to the spine from fucking Jimmy McNichol, for Christ's sakes. So you got that to look forward to. Uh, Megan, you're our guest, so I choose you to go first. Oh, man. This is terrible pickings. I guess I would have to say probably the log to the face, because at least that was it. Like, there wasn't a whole lot after that. You didn't really see it coming. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Uh, Gina, what say you? Yeah, I'm also going to take log in the face because that's that's pretty mm-hmm. bitching way to go. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. You, you've got quite a story when you make it to you know wherever Beetlejuices are made. Um, <laughs> you're walking around <laughs> with with your neck bent backwards like a telephone pole. Um, but the best part of that I'm, is that Beetlejuice would still hit on you. <laughs> he would. He he's into that uh, for whatever reason. Um, also, I, I guess for me, I'm going to take decapitated my head preserved in a pickling jar because, mm. um, I want to make sure this face looks great forever. And I think Cheryl's pickling might be the way to do it. Are you going to write that in your will? <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Good, good. Yes. It's going to be, it's going to be weird because I'm already going to be dead. But, uh, if they read it fast, I think they mm-hmm, can preserve mm-hmm. my dashing good looks. Well, it's like organ donation. You know, you can just put that next to it on your driver's license. Like organ donation, <laughs> pickle my head. Which one of the, and me at the DMV, which one of these boxes is get decapitated, put head in pickling jar? I can is, just ask is that it. You can have everything else, but it's this particularly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all. Uh, science can't have my beautiful, beautiful face. Um, so that just about does it. Uh, Megan, where can people find more about you and the things you're doing on the internet? Well, uh, like we said at the beginning, I am the co-host of Let's Get Weirding a Dune podcast with my friend Bo North, where we are, we go over Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. Right now we are on Children of Dune. So if you happen to see a very popular film that recently came out and you're curious about that universe, please check us out. Mm-hmm. 
I also write over at thespool.net where I review TV and movies. Never heard of it. Gina, no. uh, where can people find you <laughs> on these here internet? Uh, I, I too write for the never heard of the spool.net um, <laughs> and write about movies and television. Uh, I also um, am on Twitter under at Gina does things G E N A. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, we're on all of your socials, the kill by kill pod. Uh, we have, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you want a cool t-shirt? Uh, you can get one. We have a t-shirt shop at, uh, T public, uh, find the link, uh, in this episode description. Um, you can join Patreon to keep this, uh, these episodes free for everyone. Uh, you get two episodes a month if you're at the $5 or higher level. Uh, and that is a bonus episode where we either talk about something we want to talk about or a listener suggestion. And at the end of every month we have, we're going through Halloween. You guys demanded it. You wanted us to talk about Halloween. This is how we're going to do it. We're doing, uh, commentaries where you can listen to us while watching the movie uh, I don't think God intended it to, to be any different than that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given us the technology. Uh, that just about does it. Next week, there'll be more after dark. Uh, we will be taking a small vacation over Christmas. We'll have a bonus for you, but it's, uh, a, it's we're unlocking something from the Patreon. Uh, and then we'll be back uh, in the new year. Uh, but don't worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself, Gina, and Megan. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.